everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fair Game. We have a special guest today, a man by the name of Andrew Haynes. Andrew Haynes is a creative director, generally kind of an all-around, like, multi-talented, multi-hyphenate dude uh, in New York City that we've gotten to know over the last little bit, uh, and a, a lover of golf. Of course, we have Mr. Adam Scott over here. Good to see you. Too, and Mr. Eric Mayville. How are you guys doing? Good day. Hey, guys. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> we, we may have been consuming alcohol. Right. Or not yet. We're about to, yeah. um, so it's been a little bit. What's uh, What's been going on with, with all you guys? I've just been uh, enjoying the hot summer. We just got a hurricane here, so off the course for a few days. Yeah, we had one of those. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, enjoying a nice summer. Yeah, summer's been good. I mean, I wish we had uh, a few days with less rain and wind, honestly. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to kind of like play some fall of golf. I will say my favorite uh, window of weather in New York City is the late August to early of September. Not too hot, not too cold. It's great. And then it gets really miserable really fast. But um, it'll be great. So, yeah. Yeah. And Adam, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm looking forward to fall golf too. You know, like summer is hot. It's nice because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's the good weather. We play a lot in, in hot places. Right. We've spent mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and I personally like playing golf in a sweater. So uh, I'm looking forward to some cooler weather coming up. I agree with that. Yeah, sweater and long pants is the ideal golf outfit. And so we we obviously know your sweater of choice, which is Uniqlo, yeah, of course, contractually of and, course. And, and genuinely. <laughs> uh, Andrew, what what's your sweater of choice? When oh you're, when man, you're my sweater of choice. I tend to go with. There's a small brand called Northwest Knitting Company. I have um, a few of their sweatshirts. It's just it's just versatile. It works. It's lightweight. Yeah. It looks nice with everything, uh, not too dressy, not too casual. So I tend to wear that a lot. But um, yeah, Eric, you have a favorite golfing sweater? Holderness and Born, through and through. Okay, loved what they've been doing the past two years. Okay, comfy, can wear it off the course. Looks great with the logo on it too. Strong. <laughs> yeah, th- this is probably the first year as as now an ex resident of New York City where I'll be playing enough golf where I'm going to need more than like three golf sweaters, which is where I currently am right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them are, were given to me by by Rolex. One of which was given to me by by Adam here, uh, and they're all like super flexy. You know, one of them says Rolex on them. Actually, two of them say Rolex on them. The other one says Augusta on it. Nice. Uh, so like, I've just got like the hardcore flex golf sweater, and everything else doesn't doesn't even count. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go from yeah, Rolex and Augusta? <laughs> like, yeah. there's nothing else you can say about that. So, Andrew, why why don't you, uh, you know, as our as our guest for the day, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your your history with the game of golf? Yes. So, my history with golf, uh, it's been a very funny road. Um, um, some people have heard the story, but not many. But basically, I got into golf through work. You know, first job out of school um, was at some you know corporate building event and. Uh, it was like a best ball situation. So I was like, oh, I, I'll do this. It was much better than like going to the spa. Um, so I got paired with some guys. It was a best ball situation. First drive out of the day was like a, a really, really good shot that I still think about to this day. I crack one down the middle. And then the rest of the day was an absolute disaster, like hitting seven iron from 100 yards. And you don't sure. know what you're doing flying the green. And from literally from that first shot, I was I was literally hooked. I was like, I love this game. Your literal first shot on a golf course was right down the middle of the fairway. Yes. Okay. So meant to be. That'll keep <laughs> yeah. you coming back. That's the one that brings you back yeah. forever. Right. Literally forever, <laughs> yes. And I was like, what is this game? And then, yeah, I, I was living in New York. Um, it was just funny because I grew up in Virginia, actually, in Richmond, which is a pretty good place to play golf. But I picked up the game in New York City, which is a little challenging, you know, riding the subway and carrying clubs here and there. I've, I've probably done it all. I've probably ridden the subway to every 
course within the New York City area. Um, I've ridden city bikes across the city with club, all the things to like get to the places that you need to do. I've, I've done it. So, you know, it's been fun. So what's that like being a golfer in New York city? Oh man. Um, you just need a lot of time. (laughs) Yes. Time is key. Um, commuting time. Um, can I get here? Who's driving? Does my friend have a car? That's first and foremost. Um, can I get there via Uber? Um, Mm -hmm. all those things you think about. Um, the, and then just because there's not lots of courses, they tend to get a little packed, you know, the public places, um, so it's just like a long day, you know, it's a four hour round. If you're lucky, five is a normal thing, but you kind of just deal with it as living here. So six, if you, you know, want to stick around a little bit. <laughs> yes. The worst round that I ever played from a time perspective was a six hour nine Beth page. I want to say it was the yellow course. Wait, a six hour nine. Correct. Yes. Nine holes in six hours. What? <laughs> Come on. I thought it was six hours, uh-huh. nine minutes. Right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> It was just every hole you were just like waiting, and then we were there, and then, and you stuck with it. Yeah, we stuck with it. I mean, because you're you've committed. That's another thing about being a New Yorker. You were there. You were playing. You're like, I'm not gonna go home. I'm here playing. So it's like you know, twenty, thirty minutes a hole. You're waiting, shot, 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 and then the sun started going down, and I was like, well, I guess we're not gonna make the turn. So yeah, <laughs> that was a rough one. I haven't I haven't played the yellow since. <laughs> I think that's why that makes some tour pros look quick. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so as somebody that is riding his bicycle, a city bike, whatever, through through the city with golf clubs on your back, what what's the vibe? I mean, do you get stopped by by bros on the street and say, oh, where are you playing? Are, are people supportive or is it more kind of like a, a leery side eye? Um, no, people are, I think people are cool. People ask, where are you playing? Some people think, hey, where did you play? And I'm like, no, I'm just going to go practice and heading to the range or whatever. So people are pretty chill about it. Um, when it's a packed subway, people are not chill about that. <laughs> Less than chill. They're like, oh, there's that guy with the golf clubs again. Um, but for the most part, New Yorkers are pretty cool. And what's your favorite public track around here? Oh, man. So my home course, what I call my quote-unquote home course, is Marine Park, mm-hmm. uh, the edge of the earth, as I'd call it, edge of Flatbush Avenue right before you get to Bell Parkway. Um, I play that one a lot. I like the setup there. It has a range, which is great to know, you know where the balls are going that day. Um, most of the city courses don't have them just because of, obviously, space. Um, but that one I like a lot. I like the setup of it. It's kind of link style, you know, flat, easy. If I spray her on right, I can actually maybe get on the green. Um, so that's one of the fun tracks I like to play. And how old is that course? Do you know? Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, I don't want to say a number, maybe like nineties. I'm guessing we have our research assistant looking yeah. it up right now. I'm on it right now. Searching, searching. Green park. It's going to take me a minute. So it's his first day using the internet. My first day. Yeah. <laughs> My first day. This Google thing is fantastic. <laughs> Google.com. Yeah, that is probably number one for me. My number two, uh, Pelham Bay Park in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I actually used to live in the Bronx, and that one was very close to my house, so I'd go there a lot. Um, fun setup, um, some elevation changes, a really, really, really hard par four dog leg. What is that? The third hole, uh, fourth hole, actually, but really fun. Marine Park is a 1964 Robert Trent Jones Sr. Interesting. Of course. It's that old. I did not think it was that old. But it's a fun track. Are you a uh, walking guy when you play? Yes. You like walking? I love to walk. Nine times out of ten, I prefer to walk. Yeah. It's just, I think the game is more interesting that way. Carrying carrying the clubs? Yes. The whole shebang. All right. Yeah. 
Stand bag or no stand? <laughs> I have both, actually. I figured you'd have yeah. some options. We can talk about golf bags in a, in a second. <laughs> that's a that's a separate topic because we can spiral deeply on that. Um, I prefer to carry. I actually recently, because now that I'm getting old, oh, man, um, I just bought a push cart mm. uh, about two months ago. It's been, I've used it, I don't know, maybe three times, um, but I still prefer to carry. But every once in a while where I'm like, hey, you know, I want to play today. I want to walk. Um but I also have a two-year-old now, so right. I need to get home and still be like not tired. Um, the push cart kind of helps save my legs a little bit. So it's funny because the push cart's a weird thing in the United States, not often used. But in Australia, we grew up with push carts. No kidding. Oh, really? Every round, I had my own push cart as a junior forever. And what did that, that look like? What was the Adam Scott push cart like? In uh... no, well, you know. It started out as the one you hire from the club, and then when you start traveling around mm-hmm. and playing, you get. I got one that actually had air in the tires, yeah. and it had a little seat over the, over the wheels, so you could sit on and you can put stuff, lift up the seat top and put stuff in it, and cool. keep Sounds all your great. stuff together. <laughs> I, I want one of those. Yeah, and I kind of rolled over here to go to college and. Ask for a push cart in college <laughs> and like everyone. It's the push cart mafia here though. They, the ones that use it, they're into yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure that's how it would be because I was shunned out of the team at yeah. college for <laughs> requesting a push cart. Like no one wanted to be near me. <laughs> I remember the first time trying to use one I because we didn't use them growing up. Right. I yeah. found it harder to use the push totally cart. Totally agree. Totally agree. Walking and no just carrying one back. I was like, is this push or is it pull? What do you <laughs> it do? It never knew. Yeah. There has to be a, a, a trick. Pulling is not ideal. That's why we call it a push cart. cart. But I've seen some people pull. I learned that at Bandon Dunes, actually. I went. Interesting. It was one of those carts where it's actually not a push cart. It's more of the one that has two wheels. Trolley. Yeah, the trolley. Right. That one, you kind of have to push sometimes and sometimes pull. Pulling's good. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, those are tough. But, like, so I don't know, Bandon, I haven't been there. But in Australia, the ones you get at the club are, uh, like, plastic tires. And you can wheel them across the green it's absolutely oh, wow. okay cool. so because if you don't you have to like walk around so far and it slows everything down right. so they made these tires that are just flat and don't damage green so you just wheel it you can't leave it on the green right but you can wheel them across the green and just get on with the round and so i haven't been to Bandon, but something tells me that is not how it happens at Bandon. no yeah oh right <laughs> interesting yeah. i didn't know that about the wheels that does make sense though yeah it depends on the wheels but the ones in the clubs in Australia, if you don't have the inflatable tires, you can wheel them across the greens. So there's a lot of stuff we should be gleaming from the Australian <laughs> yeah. golfers yeah. for sure. Yeah, we've mastered the art of the push cart down there. <laughs> I mean, that that is time saved, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, it is good. It is good. I mean, even I've played a couple rounds recently, well, re- relatively recently in the last few years, where I've taken a push cart. You put the tour bag on the yeah. push cart. <laughs> tour bag on the push cart, and it's funny because when when we were juniors, we kind of aspired to have a tour bag like a tour pro, but we mm-hmm. we got one because we put it on the push cart. We didn't have to carry it around the course. So uh, I was lugging a tour bag around when I was like thirteen years old. <laughs> the bag was bigger than me. So Andrew, you've somehow found a way to hold a, a relatively normal, you know, traditional nine to five job at a venture capital firm, correct? Correct. And so you're a creative director there, but you've also somehow found a role within the golf community. And you were, in fact, the only, literally the only fan at the 2020 U.S. Open at Winged Foot. Yes. That, How did that happen? And what does that mean exactly? It was, yeah, it was kind of surreal. I mean, the USGA, they reached out and said, hey, we'd kind of like love to have you here just to share your perspective. Um I guess someone saw my Instagram, which is super awesome. 
So yeah, I just went. They gave me a camera and they said, you have full run of the place. You know, obviously don't touch anybody, which I, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't do. But um, it was, I've gone to a couple of events, like just pro events, um, seeing guys play and being able to like walk onto the range and, you know, be 10 feet away from from guys you know seeing adam hit balls up close was wild um that was probably the funnest part i think the rest of the course was i had the whole place to myself honestly i was just i was still inside the ropes sure um but uh yeah being able to see guys hit hit the, the practice area was really cool because i was like i was on the green like right yeah, I know. We were all like, who is this guy? Because <laughs> it was so limited. Like, it was really limited, Very. that US Open at Wingfoot. There was, I couldn't sneak any. There was no sneaking anybody out there. And, uh, I saw I saw Andrew out there uh, on the putting green. I think I saw you. I saw him kind of, not to dub you in, but I'm sure you were working hard, but like lounging in the chairs <laughs> out the back of the clubhouse one yeah, day yeah. when I finished yeah. around. Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. No, but I think you posted a bunch of really, really neat picks for the USGA, but. Um, it that must have been a cool experience. It was wild. Yeah, I mean, I do love the fan experience, just being around other people screaming, just seeing guys take good shots. But it was nice to have unobstructed views on every hole. That was great. And it, it was around that time that I saw an interview you did with the Golf Channel about inclusivity in in, in golf. Mm-hmm. As a person of color, you know, golf has been, I would imagine, you know, in some ways, kind of closed off to you. Has it? Have you found it? embracing or have you found it kind of difficult to kind of enter in, into that space i would compare it to i don't know being a person of color any other aspect of my life like some things are more open and some things aren't um and but i will say that over time that golf has been more open to me over the past i don't know three to five years that has been like just in, the, in you know previous experiences which i find really exciting and, and promising in terms of the game is changing. The perspectives are changing. I think people nowadays are more open in it to other, you know, other types of people who may or may not look like them being being on the course. So I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's obviously still a lot of work to do for sure. Just to like, you know, everyone everywhere should have a right and be able to like play golf and and have fun. You know, regardless of who you are and where you come from. So you know, I think we'll get there. Like like with everything. First, like with everything. You know, just keep doing the work. And so what has been some of your kind of most memorable experiences as you become kind of this? Again, I, I would not call you an influencer. I think that does you a disservice, in fact. Oh, I hate that but term. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, as, as your role as, you know, even as somebody that is really just getting into golf over the past, say, year or two in, in myself, like, I knew that you were a golf guy. And you can tell just by looking at your Instagram account that you're a golf guy. What has been some of the, the kind of cooler experiences to come from that? Um, I think that golf has given me a, a lot of really cool things. The biggest thing is probably just like friendships. Like I've met some of like my people that I would call lifelong friends. Just luckily I'm at Diker beach in Brooklyn and I get paired with a guy and then I meet this guy and I'm like, Hey, you were kind of the same age and into the same things. Um, Jamie, what's up dude. Um, but you know, I've traveled to Scotland with him. I've been to Portland with him. I, we went to Florida together. We've, you know, shared hotel rooms and stuff like that. And like, I wouldn't have had those opportunities with if it wasn't for golf, which I think is really cool. Um, normally, when you live and work in certain circles, especially in New York City, I think just the people you hang out with sometimes get get kind of like it's, you're in the same group. But then golf, because there's so many different like age groups and different types of people and different like backgrounds, just the perspectives and being able to meet different people, I found that pretty cool. So you know, just meeting cool homies has been really exciting. Now, what came first? You know, your Instagram account is great. It 
phenomenal. Some of the best photos I think I've seen of some of these courses around here. Um, was it the following? Were you doing something prior to this with, not without golf? Like, you know, what helped grow it? Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, I was just Instagram for me was never like a like a thing. Like I, I was never like, oh, I'm going to influence and whatever. Like I was just I'm on this golf journey or I'm doing this thing and I want to share pictures of my life. That was all I was really doing. Um, and I just didn't stop because I obviously couldn't stop. Yeah, we played. You do a great job of it also not impacting anybody else's day. You can never tell when you take these photos. That's the key because, you know, you're playing at a good pace. You don't have time to, like, prop your phone up or I don't like asking people to take pictures just because that's also annoying. So, you know, there are some apps. Um, feel free to DM me. I'll give you the names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's apps that, like, will just you just turn them on. You just take a picture and it takes – 60 pictures and you pick pick the best one and you put it up so that's it people have asked me if i have a photographer or a paparazzi no i do not not yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> <laughs> and so i mean you, you are as, as i mentioned a creative director i mean golf and the creative field i mean it, to me as somebody who's kind of tangentially in both like it doesn't really feel like there's a one-to-one -one connection there have you found a lot of other creatives in the golf space or have you seen kind of a, a renewed focus in, in aesthetics in the golf game yeah i think so it's interesting like aesthetics um i think recently there's been like i don't want to say a resurgence but like there are more you know design creative oriented people that are kind of like getting into golf um it's so funny that like every once in a while i'll be talking with a friend or I get paired up with a person. It's like, oh yeah, you work in design or you work in advertising. Um, and then we, you, you have the same passion for the game, which has been very interesting. Like um, a buddy of mine who works at like a sound editing studio of some, in advertising um, just got into the game and he loves it. So I actually got to go out with him. I took him to Marine Park. He played his very first round and he is hooked He's absolutely hooked. Like, he did not have his bag yet. He was like, I want to play. I have clubs. I don't have a bag yet. We'll figure it out. And I was like, let's go. So we just went out, and, like, he put some clubs in my bag, like, and it was it was cool. So, but, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think people that work in the creative field, there's something about golf that one of the things that I love about it is, like, be able to kind of, like, get away from, like, the high stress, high demand, just, like, craziness of, like, being a designer, you know, in New York City. Um, golf allows you just a little bit of like a, a palate cleanser. Like it's just a place to breathe and be outside and clear your head. So I think a lot of creatives are just like getting into golf. Some of them probably are into it and don't realize that like there are other designers and other creatives that are into it too. We just haven't found each other yet. So hopefully, you know, there's some type of way for us to connect. So when you, when you, you know, as a designer, I was a designer too. Like when you look at golf courses, do you think you see them differently? Do you see them from the designer's eye? Does that help in how you play? Does it help keep you hooked? Uh, it does not help in how I play. <laughs> the, the shots are the shots. But it's like design in any aspect of life is beautiful. Like I think I've seen some really pretty bunkers that like that's a beautiful bunker. I like the way that's shaped and like someone thought about it's interesting and you you respect the thinking of why did someone put this here? Because they know that like, you know, it's the strategy you're standing on the tee box. You, I want to do this. But then the, the designer is like, uh, 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 I'm going to put this here to make you have to kind of like think twice. So I think that part of the game is really fun. Um, and also just like this, the balance of man-made things in nature. I also find interesting, like for someone to take earth and shape it that way. It's just, just cool, you know? And I like all kinds of courses. Like, there are some that are a little bit more natural, like a marine park, versus some that are a little bit more like 
fabricated. I mean, I kind of have an appreciation for all types of golf courses, honestly. Um, like pizza. Like, I like fancy pizza, and I also like Domino's. Like, all pizza is good. All pizza is good. If you, yeah. if you are a true lover of pizza, you love all pizza. So yeah. that's me. Yeah, that's yeah, very wise. many sports, though, where, like, the boundaries move so much right tennis court is a tennis court right <laughs> that, that's it for sure you know and every course is different every hole is different you know so i think that's quite interesting right you know it's that's why it's a constant challenge mm -hmm. as well um so there's lots to offer from a design side of things yeah i, th I think you you touched on it adam i mean i think there, there's so many different versions of there's so many different ways to play the game of golf i mean your game of golf is so different than mine or certainly different we're all very different than adam over here for sure yes but again there's not another game where it's like in, in tennis your goal is to get the ball past the other person basketball is to put it in the hoop in golf it can be not at all about you know playing well although that would be nice it could be about hanging out with your your dad or hanging out with your friend for sure uh, and I think that is something that that certainly pulled me into this game is that the the variance of it all and the delta between you know an Adam Scott type of player versus a me is is significant for sure. But we both love it in in you know no less authentic ways for sure. Right, I agree. Yeah, it's there are countless ways to play golf, and even now it's like some days like hey, I'm feeling really good today. Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna go try and score, and you you have days like that, and some days it's like hey, today is a practice round day, like. You get to the third hole, it's like not working. And just to make it fun, it's like I'm still gonna be out here and have a good time, but like it's less about what's on the scorecard and more about like I wanna be here and, you know, hit some shots, good or bad. And, you know, when I learn to appreciate the game, and I think I probably did that over the past like couple years, golf has been more fun. Where it's like it doesn't matter if I like, you know, shoot ninety seven today, like or I'm like I'm slicing every shot. Like, okay, that's that's what today has. Then, like, let's just kind of, like, reset, work on a couple things. And then when you have the day when you're in the 80s, like, that day is great. And then you kind of, like, learn to appreciate all those things because, you know, either way, you're still playing golf. I'm going to have to give you a call before I go out next time. Yeah, because I'm, <laughs> I'm taking notes for the next <laughs> FedEx season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just reminders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, what it's all about. As a young guy with, with, with great taste, if I may say, I hope that doesn't embarrass you, you know, what are other, who are some other folks and what are some other brands out there that you think are kind of doing it the, the, the right way? And, you know, in a previous episode, we had uh, Michael Williams on who does ACL golf, mm -hmm. who's kind of an old friend of the show. And he's got a very particular kind of like very Americana focused vantage point on, on really the fashion side, but really the lifestyle side of, of, of golf. Who else is out there kind of doing things the right way or the cool way right now? Mm, from a fashion perspective? Anything you want. Interesting. Um, let's start with bags because we, okay. we started on bags. Let's circle sure. back to bags. Um, I love McKenzie a lot. I think they're, they make some really cool things. I like being able to customize. I actually have one that I'm making right now. It will be olive green. I will have it mid to late September. I've been checking in from time Pretty to time. Pretty psyched about this one? Yes. I'm already thinking about like what head covers will I put with this? <laughs> will my towel match this setup? Like, love it. Yeah. I think about this like constantly. They, they're probably really annoyed. Um, but I love McKenzie. Um, I also have like a G4 stand bag, which I use a lot. Just like sure. a really unique color. Um, yeah. So I kind of have like a mix just because I think the design there is simple, um, understated, like the details are where they matter, I think is really important. Um, not heavy branding. Um, I'm also a big fan of, you know, both fashion brands and apparel or accessory brands that, um, don't feel like golf things. Like, I feel like over the past, I don't know, year or two, I've kind of like getting, I've gotten all of the heavily patterned 
heavily branded things out of my closet and it's more about like simple timeless like classics because I want to have things in my closet that I can wear to a you know go play 18 holes and then also not feel like you know a loser and at a barbecue or you know hanging out at home um so just like nobody wants to feel like a guy yeah yeah. there's that golf barbecue there's that golf guy yeah Yeah. Yeah. can't be both you can't be both (laughs) we've all been that guy to be clear for sure they knew what you did before you got there because you dressed correct oh you play golf today right yeah so just like you know making the closet seamless so i have a lot of like non-golf things like there's a brand called saturdays nyc they make it's like a surf brand I don't surf, but I love yeah. their clothes. It's just yeah, like awesome. simple, well designed. Um, you know, has some some tech in it, but not overly techy. Um, what else do I wear a lot of? I wear a little bit of Lululemon. Sure. You know, just easy, well made, nice colors. Um, you know, just try to mix it up. And then I also like blurring the line between on course, off course. Like I want to be able to go to work and then immediately leave my desk and then go hit balls. And not and have be able to like you know wear a shirt and swing in it, things like that. So whatever I can do that in, I'm game to try. Do you, do you like the techy thing with the golf clothing, or do you like the cotton natural? I like a little bit of tech. Yeah, I'm a sweater. If it is hot, if it is if it is above, I don't know, eighty, I'm yes. just drenched. Yes. Um, but I also love the like classic. I love wearing pants. Like, my friends joke me all the time. They're like, oh, you wore pants today? It's going to be 90 degrees. Are you cool? I'm like, this is like, this is my preferred look. Yeah, you're so, a gentleman. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I will yeah. always go with the pants unless, you know, I know that like, hey, dude, it's going to be 95 and the humidity is like, whatever. Yeah, like, it's going to be gross. It's going to be gross, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But even then, I'm like, mm, maybe I can get away with the pants. Like, I try yeah. it every day. So that's just kind of like my preferred look, But this, which is why fall golf is the best. Light sweater. Yeah. How about, uh, you know, on the PGA Tour, we have to wear pants to play the tournament rounds. But right. in recent years, they've let us wear shorts in the pro-ams and the practice rounds. Mm-hmm. Have you taken notice of any of those looks of the guy, <laughs> the legs out there? <laughs> I, I, you know, have you shown I mean, your we're legs? We're trying to be athletes. Yeah. We're trying our best. Right. But have you stuck with pants, though? I've stuck with pants. Yeah. 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 I'm, I, it's my preferred look as well, actually. But... Um, it is interesting, you know. I I think it's a it's probably a good move. It's it's a little more relaxed. Sure. I don't know if it makes any of the pros more relatable to people, but uh, I most pros like wearing shorts if they get a chance, even if it's fifty degrees out there. They're picking shorts. Right. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing with the shorts is you know, what is the sock and the shoe combination? That's where my head goes first. And like, does that feel like it makes sense? Because sometimes it like works seamlessly. Um, like I think some guys pull it off really well. Um, you know, certain shoes look better with pants. That's just how it goes. That just is. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how it is. So, you know, um, but whatever feels comfortable, I think there's a way to like wear shorts and look sharp. Like I think, you know, you can still wear shorts and look good. So, you know, put it on with like a nice, I also like a sweater shorts combination. Oh, like big fan of that. Yeah. Long sweater, roll up the sleeves a little bit, you know, just bring them up to the elbow, a little short action. You're getting everything. You're getting ventilation at the bottom, then you're getting warmth upstairs. It's you really thought about this. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you mentioned Mackenzie. Who else are you into uh, in, in the, the golf space? Mm, let's think of it. So Seamus is great. Head covers accessories. They make really good stuff. Um, there's a brand called Manners out of the UK. They make some really nice things as well. Um, who else comes to mind? Um, there's a non-golf brand called Todd Snyder that I just 
I ended up wearing a lot of their stuff that's not even golf related. I just yeah. wear that stuff. We we mentioned Todd on a previous podcast because he did a capsule collection with Footjoy. Yes, and that is stuff I wear all the time. I wear his shoes. I wear his pullovers. It, it's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the, I have a polo from that collection, and then I have mm-hmm. some seersucker shorts. I actually wear the seersucker sh- shorts more non golfing than I do golfing, which is that's interesting. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's just like I wear that stuff to work, and I play in it too, so it just makes my life easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about any other kind of golf? Instagram accounts or influencers that you've seen out there that, that have a good vibe. Oh man. Vibe wise. Um, let's see. There's a brand called Alps. Um, it's actually a buddy of mine. He just makes hats, but like the feed is curated really well. Um, Metalwood studio is great. Of course. Yeah. yeah. There's a, another really small brand called golf, golf architecture, like architecture, but golf. Um, they make some really cool stuff. Um, he actually, came up with like a water bottle that just has like this really cool like blueprint of a green and it just it's simple um so i got that and i like what he's doing he just makes like really kooky things like i saw he's making a it's a coffee mug but it's designed where one side of the coffee mug is flat so you can actually put it down on on your carpet and actually putt i'm like that's (laughs) genius why has no one it's 2021 like why do we have to wait until now to have this so (laughs) you know it's little things like that you have a two-year-old son. I have an almost two-year-old daughter. I've been putting golf clubs into her hands. You have children, Adam. When is too early? And how are you handling? <laughs> I want them. Too, too, I want too early to be, for what? To yeah. put them into the game, uh, to play it with us. Like I don't want to force it, obviously. But um, I guess a good time to start. You just started. When did you start golfing, Adam? How old were you? Well, there are pictures of me as a little kid. Yeah. Two, two swinging. But, uh, you know, I, I actually went on a golf course when I was about five. It was a par three course, which I think is actually a really great way to put kids on a course, par three. Because um, quickly it became like real golf. Like I was hitting it near the green and right. chipping and maybe making a putt or two putts for a bogey. And, and it, it was attainable. Yeah, you know, like it was six. <laughs> Keep in mind who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. It was like 65 yeah. yard yeah. holes. You know, right. I'm talking like a par three course, but uh, I always tell people that's a really great way to start, no matter who you are, but especially as a kid. Yeah. I mean, even if they drop like junior tees at the at the start of a fairway, it's still 300 yards. It's a long way. Seven year old, it's forever. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that's not golf. So uh, it's it was fun for me to start like that, but uh, yeah. My kids have swung the club a little bit, and uh, you know, interest is—it's <laughs> hard for them to stay interested in anything too long. But I think my son—he just turned four. He was better at two than he is at four. <laughs> goal, so I'm not a good coach. Yeah, yeah. Dad is not doing a good job there. But I don't think it's too early. Uh, obviously, I—I'm not pushing my kids too hard to play golf yet. They're pretty young. Yeah, I mean, I have so Remy's two. He turned two in May. Uh, did I get him clubs for his first birthday? I think I did. Yeah. Right. Before he can walk. And I was like, so here you go. Um, I got him a little like Fisher price. It's got like sure. a wedge. I don't know what degree it is. I'd probably say it's like a, between a pitching wedge and a nine. It's very heavily cavity. Um, just plastic, this huge, but he loves it. Um, it's actually funny. He prefers to use my clubs more than he uses his own, which is, um, interesting um because he's two and he's three feet tall so he wants to grab like a you know a seven iron and try to swing it around his body which is really funny um but yeah he actually likes it a lot um 
I don't force it on him. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go hit balls on Sirius. Do you want to go with me? And he's like, yeah. So we just go and like, you know, hit balls. He'll hit like one and then he's distracted and wants to run around. But um, I think my philosophy is with anything in life, it's all about exposure and trying a thing because you'd never know what you're going to love until you actually give it a go. Um, so he likes it now. He might not like it when he gets older, but at least it's like, hey, he tried it. So, you know, and it'll be a really fun thing for us to do together when he gets, you know, of of a walking, slightly older, more coordinated age. I don't think I could take him on a course now because he would run all over the place. But one day. I look forward to the day my daughter beats me. That's what I, yeah. like, that to it's me gonna happen, me feel you know? like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just striping it. Oh, that's all I want to see. <laughs> no no pressure. <laughs> and so somebody that, that kind of comes at golf from a slightly different angle, I mean, what are the things you'd love to see change about the game from, you know, the idea that pros can't wear shorts on tour to, you know, there was like hoodie gate. Careful what year. you wish for. Oh, uh, yeah. you know, hoodie gate things, was a whole thing. That was a whole thing. Uh, you know, what are the things that, you know, that you just want to change? Should, courses be, should private courses be less expensive? Should it be easier to make a tee time? You know, what are the things that you want to see change in this game? Hmm. Good question. I mean, private courses bringing the rates down would be ideal. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it certainly would. That would, yeah. that would be ideal. Um, I think, you know, just, not taking it so serious would right. be nice just overall like everyone that comes to a golf course and any course private public everyone is there just to like relax and have a good time and enjoy playing golf <laughs> not just in different ways um there's a little bit of seriousness that just needs to kind of, i think just just let's just take it back a little bit like it's gonna be fine if you know a guy oh you have your hat on in the clubhouse like let's Yes, I understand those are the rules. That is the decorum. But, like, we don't have to be all up in arms about it. I think little things like that just are, you know, that's just not kill ourselves. Um, I would love it if guys had the option to wear shorts or pants. Like, whatever floats your boat is cool. Like, just don't look, you know, like you didn't try to get dressed today. I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to apparel. Like, you know, I like the routine of, getting dressed and like putting on something like, you know, that I feel like nice and somewhat sharp, but that's not everybody's vibe. That's just my personal style. Um, so, you know, having a little bit of flexibility um, in terms of like what guys want to wear, like I don't see a problem with a hoodie, but that's just me. That's just my perspective. Cause it's interesting. Like I can wear a hooded jacket, but I can't wear a sweater that has a hood on it. Like where's the logic? Aren't yeah. they the same thing? Like technically. In, in fact they are. Right. So, you know, little things, little things like that. So that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I think an interesting one is like even even down to denim. You know, now we're taking a really casual. See, I wouldn't wear denim to a golf course right. anywhere. Would but I, yeah. I wouldn't have a problem if people did at all. Sure, it, it doesn't bother me. I'm not. It's not going to be my choice. But right, you know, I think we've talked about it a lot. Oh yeah, and it comes up almost in every one. But we got to take down some of the rules. Some of the rules. Some of the seriousness, like For you sure. said, Andrew. Yeah. The, the the way to start there, and this is my own hypothesis, is allow white denim. <laughs> this is big with with the women in the golf game. So mm -hmm. women wear white denim all the time. You can barely tell it's denim. Mm -hmm. Right, it is, and that is still not allowed at, at most courses that, that that I frequent on on the private side. And that that's crazy. That's interesting, huh? So I think step one: allow white denim. That's my that's my campaign for the day. Okay, that's, that's a good place to start. To we just that. We, we just allowed white denim. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, that's the behind. Yes, it could be. There okay. it is. Wow. That's progress. The future right is now. That's right. right. Yeah, <laughs> it does seem a little hot. If you want to wear it. I personally that's on you. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. If you choose to wear a thick, you know, you know, woven cotton pant, that's you. 
That's yeah. cool. But it looks like it can look sharp. I can think denim looks can look nice. Definitely. Yeah. Do, do we know where the anti-denim campaign originated? Like what what is the historical precedent that said no denim in golf courses? Does anybody know that? Who knows? It's a good well, question. I mean, it, there would have been many things in front yeah. of denim that were. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yes. I, yeah. When when I grew up playing, uh, it was long socks at my club. We couldn't long play in short the socks. Bermuda socks. The Bermuda style yeah. socks. Oh, long yeah. socks with shorts. Um, you had to wear a jacket in the clubhouse after five o'clock, and this is when I was eleven years old. I mean, it was rules, rules, rules. Right. You know, mm. denim. Denim didn't get through the gate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, even if it was sitting in the back seat of the car, denim wasn't coming in the gate right. at the golf club. So it feels like a, I don't know, I'm just making this up, uh, like a 1950s, like, because I understand like denim has the history of like this was a weekend, like, yeah, greaser, yeah, type greaser mm-hmm. workwear yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I can kind of, you know, understand that coming from that type of era where like, hey, denim is like, hey, you got to go cut the grass, put on your jeans, but like mm-hmm. here we don't do that type of thing. So that, that'd be my guess. Are we Googling again? In in Sweden, don't know you to know, <laughs> pretty much you can wear denim to play golf. To, to in, play golf. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. In Sweden, huh. they, they pretty much have no no real dress regulations. I mean, I, I think they do, you have to wear clothes, but <laughs> denim absolutely <laughs> is allowed okay. at most hmm. clubs. The interesting thing they have, which seems really open to me and inviting to get more people to play, but then to play on a course in Sweden, mm-hmm. you have to have a handicap. Interesting. Period. Period. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. So they make hmm. you go through the handicapping process to get to play. So, but you can wear what you want. But you can wear denim. Yeah. Or world, whatever you want. Yeah. The, the world's a crazy place. You know. Yeah. This guy's using push cards. Right <laughs> on the yeah, green. I mean, yeah, yeah. where are we taking this? Oh, push cards, <laughs> denim. It's gonna denim shorts. All of the things. I think it's a look. It's a sport of good etiquette, I, which I can understand where some of that came from. But it can evolve, and the rules on the course are evolving. Sure. So why can't the rules? In the clubhouse, <laughs> I agree, and, and they are right. I mean, as yep. you said, your your very nice course just is now allows white denim. Mm-hmm. That's I'm gonna get my you got a pair? I'm gonna get my pair for next spring. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh man, I would love to see you playing them. That'd be really. Uh, I believe it's women only. Oh wait, right only the women can wear the white. So it's, we're halfway there. Okay, almost. We'll work there. on that. Yeah. Over the yes, next yes. Year. Wait, wait till they, they see me in the white denim. <laughs> Who's that guy in the white jeans? So who obviously we have one of them in the room here with us, and, and Adam. Who are some of the pros uh, whose kind of style and just kind of appreciation for for the game you you really admire? Oh, that's interesting. Is this do, do you follow the the pros very closely? A little bit. Is this on or off course style? Either. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, obviously, like when you're on tour, like you know, some of the outfits are like somewhat scripted. You have to like, hey, this sure. is a sponsor. I wear this thing. Um, but I do appreciate. You know, Adam style is great. Like classic, Thank modern, you. simple. I'll take that. It's just clean, right? Um, Justin Thomas has a great style as well. Um, he was the one that wore that cardigan, I believe, like a couple mm-hmm. years ago, where everyone was like up an arm. Is it a cardigan? And yeah. I was like, it's just a sweater with buttons on it. It looks. Well, great. he was for a while anyway, not not so much anymore. A Ralph ambassador, yes. right? So I mean, so Todd Snyder used to work at Ralph Lauren. Correct. Uh, Sid Mashburn, who we mentioned off off mic, also worked at Ralph, and he was an RLX guy yes. until until recently. Mm-hmm. It's just like classic menswear. I think that you know players that have been able to like incorporate that into their game. I I respect that look. Um, you know, because a lot of the golf apparel just with other brands has gotten very techy and that's cool it has like a time and a place but then you know that's not what i wear when i'm not playing so just that and i'm also not a pro player so for me to like switch from 
super tech performance, like, you know, polo and pants. And then to go to, I mean, I, I wear cardigans and jeans and t-shirts and all that stuff when I'm not playing. So being able to have my golf style reflect my off course style a little bit is just my preferred vibe. So, you know, I like the simple, simple, timeless classic stuff. That's just me. Did, did you catch Colin Morikawa arriving, uh, suited up to the Northern Trust? No. What kind of suit was it? You're asking the wrong guy that question, but he really wore a suit. <laughs> he w- rode the ferry over and wanted to dress in casual, not casual clothes, clothes like if he was arriving at the NBA playoffs. I, mm. I believe is the story. But I mean, oh nice! So he rode the boat over in a full suit. That was great. Wow, I love a suit. I will wear a suit, and maybe it's because being a designer, and I think there's a little bit of like you know psychology around when you don't have to wear it, you want to wear it. Mm. Like I would wear a suit. Three days out of the week, suit and sneakers and a t-shirt. I would. That is my preferred, just apparel. Good luck. It's it's simple. You're comfortable. Obviously, if the suit is comfortable, um, you know, it's just nice. Um, but yeah, he looks sharp. The plaid is a lot. <laughs> Me, be- you hear that, Colin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> me being Plaid's six foot four, I cannot pull off that level of plaid personally, because yeah. you would see me from across the you know the East River. But that's just me. Yeah, plaid is is best served in doses for sure. I agree. For sure. And so on, on the flip side, let's talk about some technical choices. Yes. Right? So you are obviously a stylish guy. You give a lot of thought to how things look. How about how things feel? So when it came down to choosing your irons, were you like, I got to be playing blades. I got to keep this pure. <laughs> Is that what you were thinking? Did, did it cross your mind? Have you seen me hit a golf club? <laughs> um, I think design is something that I look for in everything that I buy because um, it does dictate a lot of my decisions, but there needs to be some function involved. So I'm trying to think about all the clubs that I've ever had. I've only had three sets of irons. So my very first set of clubs was, um, I went to like Golfsmith or some store and got fit. It was like some Cleveland's like C7s. And they were like simple, fine, cavity back. And then the first set of clubs that I was actually excited about from a design perspective, it was the Nike, what were they called? Is the vapors or something, but they were just like really nice. I wanted the, the muscle backs. I cannot hit sure. the muscle, muscle backs, so I ended up getting the cavity ones. Um, so I had those for a few years, and then the recent set that I play with now, I have just the Callaway Apex. Um, those I like because they're simple. I don't like things that are like overly flashy, like lots of colors in the back, because those, in theory, when you buy them, you're excited about that. But then, like a year later, you're like why don't I buy these clubs with like red, like injected plastic on the back? And this is a bad idea. So I'm like, as simple as they can make them, like you, you've got my attention. Um, and then just making sure that I can hit it. Now, that is a whole other conversation that we did get into for another time. So yeah, but my racing clubs are, um, they have a cavity, not a massive cavity. They're, you know, somewhat forgiving when I'm, you know, hitting the center and, you know, my pace is on, you know, where it needs to be. But, um, yeah, just function and aesthetics probably for me is 50-50. Like, I will buy something that looks really, really nice mm-hmm. um, that may not fit my game per se um, just for the aesthetics. Like, I got a putter fitting at um, True Spec, yeah. and they had recommended – I ended up getting the putter that they recommended – like it was an even roll mallet back. You're hitting this great. I got that putter, but I almost got 
It was this Mira blade that was absolutely beautiful. All, all day. Right. I mean, I, I, so I, I hit Mira, uh, similar story, I hit, I hit Mira blade wedges. And I went into TruSpec, actually, and this was not pre-coordinated. Yeah. Uh, I went into TruSpec wanting Mira blades. And so I played Ben Hogan Apex blades in high school mm-hmm. because somebody gave them to me. And I was clearly not good enough to be playing them, yeah. but it's all I knew, and I made it work. You know, And I actually think I kind of credit that with me being able to hit the golf ball at all mm-hmm. because they were so hard to hit. They're beautiful. Um, they are. Yeah. And uh, I actually still have them. And so I went into TruSpec, and they were just like, you were just frankly not nearly good <laughs> enough to hit these clubs all the time. So we we kind of negotiated, and they were like, all right, you can hit the you can have the wedges and mirrors. Yeah, yeah. The mirrors are just so beautiful. Uh, I also actually hit Apex uh, forged uh, Callaway irons, and I think you do too. So do I. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Actually, no. no, but just to clear that yeah, up. Yeah, you, you would hit your five. Can iron, I just like say Titleist so we're, <laughs> we're all good here yes, for a minute? Yes. <laughs> I play my Titleist driver still. Yes. Can't beat it. But those Apex are just so good. I do have a Scotty in the bag now, the putter. Which just one? Newport, Newport 2. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Can't go wrong. How's it compared to your mallet, though? Um, I like the feeling of the ball um, just off the face. I like it just, there's no way to describe it. just, it's perfect. On the Scotty. Yeah, on the Scotty. Yeah. Um, do I putt better with it? I think I putt pretty good with it. Like, the, I find a mallet putter to be easier to hit. Um, just obviously you've got weight and, you know, center of gravity is probably balanced better, but just the Scotty is, I love a blade putter. It's, it's my favorite type it's of golf. It's, I mean, that yeah. is what a golf, that's what yeah. a putter should look like. Yeah. yeah. This is what happens every week with DJ and it's a pretty commonly known story, but he kind of shows up to the course early in the week with like some kind of blade, traditional style looking putter and uses it on practice rounds Tuesday, Wednesday, and mm-hmm. thinks about using it on Thursday and goes back to his mallet that yeah. he's won like every <laughs> tournament in the right. world yeah. with. Yeah. And, uh, and the process starts all over again right. the next week. <laughs> it's, it's, we are all DJ. You know yes, what I mean? Like, we, we all, all want to do that. Yeah. We all want to be hitting blades. We want to look right. awesome doing this. Oh, stuff. I've switched this week. Yeah. So this week. I had the Scotty in the bag like mm-hmm. maybe a week and a half ago. And then I was putting okay. I didn't feel super confident. So then I went to my storage locker because I live in New York City where I keep all my golf stuff. Um, And then I went back to the mallet and then I played around with the mallet. And I was like, I like this, but I don't love this. And then two days ago, I went back to the Scotty. So then now I'm in the house right now putting with the Scotty because the feel is different. The like pace is different. The the weight is different just to kind of like reacclimate myself. So it's just, you know, going back and forth, but it's fun. And this is golf, right? This I is mean, golf. It's a never-ending struggle, we'll call it. Sure. Never-ending never battle <laughs> right. in the game of golf. Adventure. Right. That's exactly right. So, uh, thanks, Andrew, for your time. It's been a great chat. Thanks for having me. It's been fun to be here. I'm going to call you before I go out and play again so I get those right swing thoughts uh, <laughs> going in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just don't hit the heel. Let's just don't, don't hit the keep it off the hustle. Yeah, words to live by. Yeah, don't hit Perfect. the heel. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, thanks Andrew. Take care. It's great to be with you. For sure. And that concludes another episode of Fair Game, the podcast with champion golfer Adam Scott. Be sure to hit subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow along on YouTube and Instagram at Fair Game Golf. We'll be back next week with another episode featuring another young voice looking to change the game of golf for the better.